Hi, it's Dr. Weitz. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Private Medical Practice Academy. Today, I'm going to talk about everything that you ever wanted to know about CAQH. So what exactly is CAQH? It stands for the Council for Affordable Quality Healthcare. Great. So now you know exactly what the initials stand for, but what does it do? So basically, CAQH functions as a giant database for credentialing information that the insurance companies and other credentialing companies can pay to access. Now, it's important to understand that it doesn't cost you, the provider, any money to use it. At the same time, I want to be super clear from the get-go that CAQH doesn't submit applications to insurance companies or complete the credentialing process for you. Okay, what? So if they don't actually do that for me, why do I actually want to use them? Think about your license, your malpractice policy, your DEA license, your state narcotics license, and anything else that routinely expires without you having to do anything. These documents are needed by the insurance companies in order to keep your credentialing current. If you don't use CAQH, you're going to have to provide each payer with an updated copy of each piece of documentation. You can quickly see how time-consuming this can be. It used to be a tremendous paperwork nightmare. On the other hand, if you use CAQH, you can upload your documents into their system, attest to the accuracy, and grant the payers permission to access the file. Voila, your documentation is current across all insurance companies that are using CAQH. Now, I would be lying to you if I told you it was quite that simple. You need to know that not all plans have access to CAQH, so it's important that you don't assume that all payers will have this information. You need to know that most local and regional health plans don't access it, and none of the government payers like Medicare, Medicaid, or TRICARE use CAQH. So when do you use CAQH? Well, it's used to both initially credential you, and then when you need to be re-credentialed by the various payers. To be crystal clear, this means that it is not a set-it-and-forget-it database. It's going to require maintenance on your part. When you're first getting credentialed with the health plans, some of the insurers will use your CAQH application and profile and export it into their system. Now, in order to do this, the payer has to be authorized to access this information and will often request your CAQH ID number over the phone, via email, or online through a portal. Once you're up and running, which includes getting contracted, the payer will likely use CAQH to keep your file up to date. This is why remembering to attest every 90 days and keep your documents updated is so important. As an aside, I want to remind you that CAQH is not involved in the contracting process in any shape or form. Remember that this is going on simultaneously, but along a totally separate path. CAQH is only for the credentialing component of this. Aside from the streamlining of your documentation, the major reason to sign up with CAQH is because it's required by many of the insurance companies. So honestly, you don't really have much of a choice. Now, there are some exceptions to this as a handful of states also have their own system and those systems function much like CAQH. That said, even if your state has its own system, you still want to register with CAQH since many of the national plans will still require you to use CAQH even if they are reluctantly using your state's system as well. But if you haven't gotten it by now, 
The real reason to use CAQH is because it improves your efficiency by cutting down the number of redundant applications or the request for information that you're going to have to handle. Hopefully I've convinced you that this is a no-brainer, and so now we're going to go on to how do you actually register for CAQH. First, have all of your documents ready for uploading and make sure to update your CV. You're going to need your license, your DEA, and your controlled substance certificate if you have one, your malpractice certificate, your CV, a W-9, any documentation of your board certification, documentation of hospital privileges if you have it, as well as copies of your diplomas. There's really no reason to get online and start to complete the application if you can't finish it. And if you've listened to my podcast episode on Contracting 101, you'll remember that I talked about getting organized before you start. There's a lot of documentation to gather, so it's really best to compile it ahead of time. Now, with regard to documentation, I have both a file on my computer with all of the documents scanned and a binder with copies of those documents, in addition to, obviously, the originals themselves. I would also suggest to you that given that you're going to have to keep your credentials current, that you keep an Excel spreadsheet with the dates that each of your documents were issued and when they expire. Once your practice is up and running, you may have an office manager or staff that's going to be responsible for helping you stay credentialed. At that point, they can keep up the spreadsheet for you and make sure that all of your licenses, hospital privileges, and anything else with an expiration date remain current. If you think about it, most everything has an expiration date except for your medical school diploma and your residency and fellowship certificates. At this point, I know you're thinking about how much effort it's going to take to pull all of this information together. And you may even be thinking, hmm, maybe I should try and outsource this. Don't fool yourself. You're going to need to gather all of this information regardless of whether you do it or someone else does it for you. And by the way, I would urge you to keep your original documents in your possession at all times. The second step is to make sure that you have three professional references because you're going to need these for your application. Personally, I would recommend that you always ask the folks whose names you're giving if they're willing to write the reference. Honestly, it's not so much that they aren't going to give you a good reference, because why would you even list them if you weren't sure they were going to give you a great reference? So the real reason is because no one, me included, appreciates getting random requests in their inbox for a reference. If I know a request is coming, then I'm on the lookout and I'm far more likely to respond to it quickly. And your goal is to move through the CAQH process as quickly as possible because that's how you're going to get credentialed quickly. The third step is that if you're starting a practice from scratch, you're going to need all of the information about your new entity. This includes all of the legal entity information, your tax ID number, your address, including the payment and correspondence mailing addresses if they're going to be different. You're going to need to provide your billing company information if you're outsourcing it. You're going to want to name a credentialing contact and a billing contact. You need to give them your hours of operation, your phone and fax number, a group NPI number if you have multiple providers, and your own NPI number. If you don't have all of this information right now, because you obviously may not have started your practice yet, you can always give 
your home information as your address. You can give your home phone and you can get a fax number for free through Doximity or through another service. And this will at least get you started. You can always come back and change that information once you have updated real data to give them. Number four, once you feel like you have everything ready, you're going to actually go to the website, which I have given you in the information below, to submit your application. Once you've made it through the end of the application, you are now ready to grant the payers access to this information. In order to grant them access, you must submit the signed attestation documentation that's provided by CAQH. This basically verifies that you've submitted accurate information and it tells the payers that your application is now ready for review. Once you have signed and dated the attestation form, you want to make sure to remember to upload that document because basically nothing is going to happen until you have attested. Next, you want to be sure to save your CAQH ID number, your user ID, and your password. You want to check in to CAQH at least every 60 to 90 days to make sure that there's nothing that needs your attention. Now, I know that the website says that CAQH is supposed to send you an email as a reminder, but I wouldn't want you to have to rely on that email to find out that there is something that is needed. You want to make sure that you keep your CAQH ID number, your user ID, and password in a safe place. You're going to need this information in the future. Don't just give it to your billing person, regardless of whether they're in-house or outsourced, or to a credentialing company. As I said to you before, this is not a one and done. This is a dynamic process. You're going to need to go back into CAQH periodically, and you're going to need that information. You'll need to go into CAQH to update your documents, to get recredentialed. And honestly, who you use for billing is going to come and go over the years. You may or may not continue to use a credentialing company. So basically, I can tell you that from personal experience, retrieving your CAQH ID number is a pain in certain body parts. This brings me to the last thing I want to talk about. Can you actually do this by yourself? The answer is absolutely yes. If I haven't been super clear yet, let me tell you again, you're going to have to gather all of the documents yourself one way or the other, and you have to sign the attestation form. Sure, there is some amount of grunt work, but you have to figure out how much that's worth to you. If you're going to use a billing company, they often will help you get credentialed and take you through the CAQH process. You can also outsource the CAQH filing process for anywhere from a couple of hundred dollars to upwards of a thousand. But if you look at the information that you have to fill out for the outsource company to submit the application on your behalf, you've already done most of the work. So what alternative do you have if you really just don't want to do this, but don't want to spend the money? Now, I know that I've told you that you need to start the credentialing and contracting process long before you open your practice preferably at least six months. I also understand that you probably don't have your staff in place to actually do the credentialing process for you yet. One inexpensive way to get the grunt work done is to use a virtual assistant. Once you've scanned all the information that you needed to have gathered one way or the other, and you've answered the typical questions about whether you've ever broken any of the rules, whether you have had your license suspended, etc., and you've signed the attestation document, there's really probably only an hour or two of additional work. 
if that. The hardest part is remembering to come back and check into CAQH to make sure that things are moving along. You can obviously solve this by simply putting a reminder in your phone. You can use the virtual assistant to basically do some of this work for probably $25 an hour, far less than it's going to cost you if you use a credentialing company that specifically does this for you. Then once you finally open your practice and have staff, your billing folks, regardless of whether it's in-house or you outsource it, can then keep up with your expired documents and the re-credentialing process. Thanks for joining me. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter below, and I'll be sending you tips on how to start your practice, best run your practice, grow the practice, and then ultimately be able to leverage your medical practice into multiple other businesses. I hope to see you soon.